here you are. BPMs high, sweat dripping, body moving, tongue panting. You're working hard, real hard, and you're thirsty. You need vitamins, nutrients for peak performance and energy. And your plants do too. Aw, let me just look at the little guy. Water-soluble plant food from miracle Grow is full of essential nutrients. Just a little scoop into your watering can and boom, instant feeding and bigger, more beautiful plants. It's kind of like a sports drink for your plants. You may have to suffer from heat, but your plants do not. And we're back. Phew! With an all-new episode of Keep It. God, it's been a long time. Has it been? I've been transformed. We went to World Pride. Oh, that's right. It it was a whole break. Tricked people into listening to a clip show. Yeah. Sorry, guys. (laughs) Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, They liked Tommy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love his material. The jokes he brings. Policy. What could be more endearing and lovely? Yeah. And now... um, Keep It has become The View. That's right. Uh, we are joined by <laughs> guest co-host Ray Saudi. Ray Saudi, is this your fifth time here? I think this is. That's very exciting. Um, and Does that make me Sunny? Does that make me oh. Michelle Collins? Like, who am I? Well, I mean, I'm always rooting for Michelle Collins. Me but too. I, I want to say it makes you the Sunny. It makes me yeah. the Sunny. Oh, yeah. you know. Okay. I was going to call you the Anna Navarro. No, but, do not. But... Do not. Because, you know, I know everybody's enamored of her. But she's still a Republican. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Just want to be clear on yeah. that. I'll take Sonny. Okay, anyway. Hi. Hi. I'm glad to be here. Have I formally identified as Meredith Vieira yet? Because one game show history, if hosted you do, millionaire. If you do, my mom will love you. Okay, good. I don't know. Something about boomers. They really dig some Meredith Vieira. Black ones, white ones, all of them. Oh, that's good to hear, yeah, I think. I feel like Meredith, you know, she's so inoffensive. Right. But likable, you know? She did have a talk show in which... Lance Bass co-hosted for a while, and I believe we've given him too many chances. So and I am mad about that. And my friend Yamanika was on that show a couple of times. Oh, Yamanika yeah. Sonder. I love her. So yes. funny. I have yeah. so many questions about just like Lance Bass in general, right? Because I'm like, at a certain point, why is he here? <laughs> well, he, hosted, he hosted Finding Prince um, Charming. He's here to marry Britney and Jax. Oh right! Uh, yeah. Is he? Did he marry them? I'm pretty sure he did. On Vanderpump Rules. Yes. Uh, well, he's at least there, he's Lisa Vanderpump's like gay friend. So, they were like, "We need a faggot to marry you because the previous priest hated gay people." <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? You're the second one they call, and the first person they call is like a hateful person oh, who wants you to die. It's like, do you take the second? Do you take that call? I know you were just number two, but number one is like a far, you know. What like air does he bring to that? Like he's not there with material prepared, I assume. He doesn't strike me as a stand-up, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, that whole wedding was a joke, I'm sure. So yeah. he probably just came in there being his cheesy last bit self. You know, I like that. I don't mind <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, listen. As long as no one's, you know, talking about how God hates him, I'm that's sure true. he's fine. He's just he a gay nice. businessman now. Yeah, right. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, I kind of maybe do appreciate that he hasn't been out here being like, yo, I'm still singing. Mm-hmm. Here's a new album. <laughs> he gave it up. Did we ever get a Lance Bass solo? I, I don't think we did. <sighs> I think he gave it up. Is this the time where we talk about J.C. Chazé's solo album? Because Blowing Me Up With Her Love and Some Girls Dance With Women are... Some Girls Dance With Women. It, it, it was both like 
an earworm and also so embarrassing. It's no, it's it's <laughs> ridiculously embarrassing because like right, you know how labels do. They used to anyway. I I think they still do. They try to get you a feature on a hot song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so on the remix to Blacks, bring it all to me. Oh right, he was yeah. on it. Yes, yeah, singing his Tim's, his, his baggy, baggy jeans, jeans, and his thug appeal. It was great. So painful. <laughs> his thug appeal. He looks like Sean Mendes. Yes. And do you remember his hair at the time? He had that long, flowy hair that he would yes. flip back occasionally. Um, I love Jay. I'm like the president of the JC Chazé fan club. Oh, you like, are. You know, I you, prefer him. Yes. I don't like we could go on. I won't. But we could go on for ages about why Timberlake becoming the second lead and then the lead yeah. is an abomination, mm-hmm. including his fashions and all of that. But JC is the most talented one, and he's so handsome. He's so hot. And, like, so hot. like, really good to dancer. And I do remember one time I was, like, in college, I went to school in Jersey, and so we would, like, come to New York to party or whatever. And I saw him one time. You was, went to Princeton, bitch. You up. don't have to be like, I went to school in Jersey. Well, I didn't finish, so that's why I didn't claim it. So, <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm a Princeton dropout, friends. And so, um, so we like me and a bunch of our like, you know, Negro young freshman friends, like we go, we at Times Square bugging out because we underage, we can't get in the clubs. And we see JC Chazé walking by. And this would be around the time he broke up with Ava Longoria. Okay, you know? yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm so, there. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, do you remember that? <laughs> and so then, uh, so he's like, you know, just not in the mood for our shit. And I'm like, yo, JC, you gotta stop. And and he goes, no, I don't. And he keeps walking. Wow. And that was the best fucking interaction with yeah. I've ever had. Tell me that. I need to mind my fucking business. And you got places to be. You JC Chazé in Times Squares. You ain't chilling. That is very you know? important. And also, that reminds me. I have a friend once who was at the premiere of The Mirror Has Two Faces, that Barbra Streisand movie. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And of course, who's in that movie? Lauren Bacall. Oh, okay. And he's at the premiere. And he just sees her. And of course, she's, you know, like her glamorously like malfunctioning eyelids are right there, you know, just like (laughs) staring at you with like 4% of her vision. And he goes up to her and he goes, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. And she goes, then don't in your face. Oh, that's really good. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Tell me to mind my business. That's great. Uh, I will say one good thing that Justin Timberlake has done. What? Have you heard Duran Duran's Red Carpet Massacre album? It's pretty good. Um, he produced it with Justin Timberland. Timberlake did? Yeah, with Timbaland. When was this? This was like 2000. Oh, when they would have done that. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. It's a very random album, which I was thinking about Duran Duran today because of our guest who's coming up. Yes. Adam Scott is yeah. joining us. And Duran Duran actually has nothing to do with him. But he <laughs> does have a podcast. might name white people. <laughs> is that what happened? No, he has a podcast uh, where he talks about, uh, he's talked about U2 on it. And yeah. he's talked about oh, R.E.M. Yeah. Yes, moody, was, moody men of the 80s. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, who else do I like who was moody in the 80s? Yeah. Duran Duran. Sure, yeah. sure. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> okay. You know. Listen. Listen, friend, we doing a podcast. We having a good time. <laughs> uh, we will also be talking about the Women's World Cup today. Woo-hoo. And then we will jump into Disney and that Little Mermaid fiasco. Oh, my God. Which was so ongoing. It wouldn't stop. It was days and days of content <laughs> about this. So exhausting. Uh, and my keep it is going to be the Vanity Fair. And I can't wait. Oh. Ooh. The book? Epstein? Mm, yeah. Oh. We're jumping in. We jumping in. We're jumping in you hot. dive in. <laughs> I'm night swimming. Oh, R.E.M. Yeah. Yes. Get it? I'm in it, yeah. We'll be right back. Hey, you fucking keep it, listeners. 
we want audience suggestions for new merch. So tweet at me, at Ira, or at Crooked Media, or send an email to keepitatcrooked.com with your suggestions for new merch. We'll be monitoring for the next couple weeks, so send in your wants, your desires, ask me questions about love. I don't know. I won't be able to help. The 2019 Women's World Cup Finals ended on Sunday in Lyon, France. Uh, why are you looking at me like I, I was about to do an accent? It sounded like you were doing you one-fourth of your usual repugnant accent. Yeah. I was waiting for the full 100%. Yeah. Lyon, France. <laughs> <laughs> Where was that R, though? You have to put that R in the back, France. Yeah. France. Oh, yeah. that was that was really beautiful yeah. coming from you, know, you right? I learned Arabic as a young, young child, so I can play with the gutturals. Oh, I see. Listen, don't be coming from my accent. <laughs> You Sorry. keep your access to yourself. <laughs> okay, well, Learning right, Arabic. Right. Well, I don't remember Were anymore. Were you trying to get cast as Jasmine? I was not. Uh, my parents were Muslim, and I went to a Muslim <laughs> elementary school, nigga. All right. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Sorry, sorry for N-words, crooked audience. I know this is a different thing for you. Uh, the only one who cares is Karamo. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Excuse me, my name. Uh, but the Women's World Cup ended um, with the U.S. women's team beating the Netherlands to nothing because in soccer games, <laughs> there are not a lot of points. As you know, I always find it insulting when team sports end up being thrilling to me to watch because I've built up this thing that only individual sports are any fun. Whoa. But truly, this is a team of perf- personalities. So to watch, I mean, Megan Rapinoe, first of all, I already made this very dumb comment on Twitter, but you're telling me her nickname isn't Tilda Sweeper. Look at this woman. <laughs> she does look like We need to talk about Hair that and haircut yeah. and Kevin. Yes. Uh, it was even more beautiful that they one because just days earlier, Megan Rapinoe basically was feuding with Trump. She wasn't feuding with Trump. No. He was feuding with her yeah. because he was bothered. Shades she was very, of. She was clear about it. Yes. Yeah, I'm not going to that fucking <laughs> Right. Yes. Shades of feud. Adam Rippon and Mike Pence. Yes. Yes, yes. yes. Same thing because why would a queer person give a fuck about going to the Trump White House at all? Uh, and, and it wasn't even like, I'm trying to get a soundbite. It was like, <laughs> I'm not going to the fucking White House. Yeah, yeah. The way she it. said it was just so casual. Not casual. Like yes. she had said it before. Yeah. And then Trump got in a tizzy, of course, and he's like, how about you win first before you um, think about coming to the White House? And win or lose, you're still invited. And it's like, bitch, they did win. And they're still not coming. And AOC invited them to the House of Representatives. And they going. I'm sure they're going. I think, you know, what's fascinating about this uh, thing with Rapinoe and Trump is two things. One, it is just highlighting for me how bogus an endeavor it is to have champions go to the White House. In that, <laughs> right. It's just so silly at this point because, you you know, for all the keep it out, keep politics out of sports people, they sure love a, a photo op at the White House. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like, it is kind of weird. I mean, when you have a cool president like Obama who plays ball and stuff, it is interesting to see D. Wade at the White House. Like, it is nice to see Michelle do, like, a slam dunk video. That's fun. But when you have somebody who so toxically hates all of the people who play all of the sports, it's like, what are we doing here? <laughs> if, if, if all the people who are good at athletics are black and women, <laughs> then why ever would they go to the White House? I just don't understand. You're only going to get hockey teams and fucking football, maybe. Half yeah, of the right. football 
it. The offensive line. <laughs> it's like going to arcades murder world. You might die. You Hello? <laughs> so it's just like, it, it, one, it just kind of makes it stupid where you're sort of trying to unite a country around people and then do it in the most div- divisive place on the planet. And then two, just kind of like, you're such a dweeb. Trump is such a fucking dweeb. You're a fucking dweeb. Can you imagine if, like, you're president of the United States. Now, you didn't earn it, and you don't deserve it, and you don't do any work, which is why you have time to be bothered by athletes talking about you. But on some real shit, we are debating whether or not we about to blow up Iran. They say we not debating it, but we gonna. And then you out here mad because a soccer player don't fuck with you? Get out of here, No, if bro. you have a thousand Twitter followers and you've said something uh, 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 constructively critical about Trump, he has had time to respond to yeah. you. Also, yeah. the courts just decided that it's uh, unconstitutional for him to have people blocked. Oh, did they? They yes. went that far. Okay, yeah. cool. So, um, Which is a few hundred female comedians just got <laughs> back in the game. And Megan Rapinoe's girlfriend, Sue Bird. Yeah. <laughs> Specifically Sue Bird. Oh, I love Sue Bird's I love her too. writing and the, uh, that she did about Megan. In the, the Players' Tribune? Yes, yeah, so great. cute. So great. cute, funny. Um, I will say that, uh, like Lewis, I was actually very invigorated sort of by this game, you know? like I was watching some of it when I was on vacation for the fourth, and it was just sort of like, I never really care about soccer generally. I mean, and this will get into the equal pay conversation. I care about it because these women are fucking amazing. Mm -hmm. And also, like, they have a team of personalities behind them. Yeah. Like, the U.S. men's team sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, not to be basic. And we don't care about it. Not to be basic. It truly reminds me of a league of their own. Like, these are people who have formed their own thing. Mm -hmm. Each one is like a superhero in a different way, has a different, like, smirk on their face. I was sitting there thinking, who's the all the way May of the team? (laughs) That is Madonna, for the record. And who's that's yeah. Oh my God, Dot too. They're all <laughs> such legends. But the team has been very active in their fight for equal pay, and so much so that the crowd actually chanted equal pay That's at the dope. end of the game. So, according to CNN, the total prize money for the 2018 Men's World Cup was 400 million, and this year the women will receive 30 million, which yeah. was double from last year. Um, oh damn! That's an improvement, <laughs> right? It was like, Good oh, y'all God. are doing well. Here's 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 three percent. <laughs> My math is bad. Maybe three percent. Whatever. Um, FIFA president Gianni Infantino <laughs> said they would again double the women's total prize money to sixty million in 2023. But Megan was not Wait, satisfied. Why three years from now? That's when I think the one. Oh, the next one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I mean, they showed up now. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> right. They, they do good they now. They do good today. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Megan said, it's certainly not fair. And we should double it now and then use that number to double it or quadruple it for the next time. Yeah. I mean, she well, said if they're going to be legends, I guess that's fair. So they filed a lawsuit, 28 members of the women's national team, including Rapinoe, against the U.S. Soccer Federation for gender discrimination. Sports, I hate them. To get back on the topic accidentally <laughs> of uh, just women in sports, just in popular culture. I mean, it's really messed up how few depictions we have of it. It's mm. just like it, it makes me think like part of this uh, uh, this particular gender gap situation is due to the fact that they can just say, well, in general, people don't care about women in sports. And to, I mean, to be fair, it's like I can think of Bennett like Beckham. I can think of uh, League of Their Own. I can think of that Battle of the Sexes movie. 
And then what? It's like we just have not explored. We, we, we I don't... can think of Pitch, which was careful oh, I, by Tanya. Fox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Black oh, girl friend. playing baseball and they got her out of here. That's terrible. <laughs> Even Mark Paul Gosler in the show can say that. Yeah, you know, Zach Morris couldn't get the black shorty to... <laughs> can I tell you what my definitive Zach Morris memory is quickly? He was on an episode of Weeds in which he hooks up with Mary Louise Parker. Guys, that was like uh, among the hottest things I've ever really? seen. Really? Moving right along. But... um. I th- I think uh, uh, it's our duty as uh, uh, pop culture people to force more f- movies about women athletes to be made because I need to be thinking about them more constantly, just generally. Well, we're gonna have in a biopic those... form. I can do that. Where's the Florence Griffith Joyner movie? Did she mm. cheat? I want to see it. Uh, uh. I just want to see how you recreate those nails. Uh, right. Yeah. But I, so the thing Get is, Get the person who does the nails on claws. Oh, clearly yes, true. Yeah. But Flojo was a little more classy than that. <laughs> I, and this is not me. I love claws. Claws is one of my favorite like shows on TV at the moment. But um, I guess you know what's what's so interesting about it is um uh I I. I hate the way that the argument is framed, but we have to frame it that way because society is what it is. That to talk about the value of the women, we have to compare them to the men, right? Yeah. Like the I think and I'm grateful for the fact that people are on board, but I I'm convinced that a large part of why people are on board with the women getting equal pay is because the men suck. I think if the men were doing well, there wouldn't be the same kind of push for the equality there. It just and it just sucks that, you know, in any case for a minority a minority or a disadvantaged person to get anything, they have to be the best at it. Right. Mm-hmm. We have to be we have to win the World Cup for you to conceive of girls getting the same amount Serena of Williams. boys. Exactly. And it's just like instead of it being a moral good to treat women and men equally, it's because these people are so exceptional. They finally deserve it. And that's often how progress comes. You know, you have to be the most exceptional. You have to be the perfect victim. You have to be the model minority. It's frustrating, but I'm glad the tide is turning. And I hope that it kind of brings, I know what I've seen a lot, which is really cool, is a lot of NBA players showing up to WNBA games to support. J.R. Smith has been doing this for a long time. That's why I love him. Aside from all the other things, things like him being hot and but but like I do hate that so often women are defined in relation to the men that we're talking about like Megan Rapinoe is fighting for pay equality and and that's her cause and we should just celebrate it as opposed to pointing out how much the men's team sucks in in and I and I understand the need for the comparison when you're talking about discrimination because you have to have a standard and the standard from which they deviate when they treat you a certain way I and I get that I just hate that often we're defining women's accomplishments in relation to male accomplishments you'll often find especially at the height of like Serena could Serena beat the world number 40 in a man's like fuck you. Serena is the most excellent at what she's doing right now. I don't care about some hypothetical man. Well, and Headband he, really cares about that. <laughs> you remember when Jet, John McEnroe oh, I know, was being God. like, I could beat Serena. I could beat, and it's like, fuck you. That's not what we're talking about. <laughs> right. It's like, here's this exceptional team of people who deserve to be paid for their exceptionalism, and we all have to sit there and be like, and the guys can't even qualify. Who cares? Well, the thing the about qualify. Serena then, did you see her Harper's Bizarre. Oh, I just saw the yes. the cover and the, the piece photos, where she yeah. talked about her match with Naomi, and she talked about you know how she was revisiting her truth, and how um, a lot of men get the opportunity to sort of be like dicks to umpires, right? Ugh, I hate that logic. I love Serena, but that essay didn't sit right with me personally. 
Well, what are your thoughts on Serena then? Well, I love Serena. I also think that she did act up in that instance. I think it got overblown because she is a woman and she's a superstar. But I also think she didn't act well. I didn't think she behaved well. And so um, I I found the first half of the essay really powerful where she talks about, you know, her family's contribution and how she's had to fight to be there. and She still doesn't get respect. And that's all true. And I also think it's kind of lame that you did spoil this girl's moment. And um, I don't like the idea of using her acceptance of your apology to publicly forgive yourself mm. for what I think I like was that poor behavior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, which to be fair, that is a bit being, true because it's not like Naomi can really yeah, she be can, like, she can't say, I'm mad. Yes, She, <laughs> she has to be say, like, it was an the, honor. I'm black. I'm black. And because of you, I can exist. So when you violate me or at least make my day a little worse than it needed to be, I'm not in the position to be like, fuck you, Serena Williams. So while I do believe that Naomi does honestly accept her apology and think that Serena's a trailblazer, how could you not? I just think it's kind of lame to use that girl as the way you can justify your behavior because she's been, I don't know, it just felt pawny to me. Pawn. She'll go after her like she did Sloan. Oh, God. <laughs> I say it. I said it. I, said it. <laughs> I would like to see more inventive, snotty behavior on the on, on behalf of female athletes, though. Like, if there was a little bit of sass with the yellow cards during this World Cup, I would have been appreciative. But I understand they are indeed model minorities. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you have to be. I mean, even with uh, Alex Morgan, I saw women getting on her for that sipping tea shit. Right. Like, are you crazy? Are you crazy? The whole point of being better than everybody else at something is getting to flex when you show them. Right. Oh my God. Can you imagine not celebrating when you're good at some shit? Get the fuck out of here. As, as long as I've known what football is, and this might be a specific 80s thing, I've known what an end zone dance is. Okay. So, you know what I'm saying? It's uh, ridiculous. No, I mean, I've always felt that same way, especially with, uh, you know, I still watch wrestling. Oh, of uh, course. <laughs> Come on. Uh, and we're you're sort of at the point now where you care about the women's matches more yes. than you care about the men, you know? Yeah. And it's they're still sort of like relegated to like ghettoized even you know yes, like, of course. here are these women's matches and this is matches. the best era for them ever right. I can't believe we're on keep it talking WWE <laughs> oh I am stick around it'll come up yeah <laughs> my friend Latoya Ferguson wrote this book on women's wrestling called an encyclopedia of women's wrestling uh, 100 profiles of the strongest in the sport and oh, I'm to yeah. go check this out and it is you I'm know. on a wrestling kick at the moment because I downloaded the WWE like subscription service to just watch all these documentaries reason. Yeah, the women are probably the most fascinating. I saw something about the fabulous Mula on Vice. Oh, that's um, a name I know. I can't believe yes, it. Yeah, yes. she's like legendary. Also was like pimping her girls. So oh, that's too bad. That's, you know, how you get over. The closest oh, I, I was just going to say, the closest I can get to it is being very obsessed with Betty Gilpin right now. Yes, well, okay. I, I, yeah. you, you were talking about depictions, pop culture. Glow is a fucking amazing show. Yeah. I love this past season, yeah. um, and I just think that, yeah, I'm fine... Um, sports like stories and biopics more interesting when they're about women because they just seem more dynamic. Yes. Also, you know? more is at stake. You know what I mean? Just like when in these other sports movies, generally speaking, all they can do is go through a convention, like oh. go through like getting to the big game. Oh, et right, right. It's like some high school boys overcoming racism to win a game. And it's like, man, we've seen this story 10 times. I know. It's like, how can we see hoop dreams? Hello. We've seen uh, what? What is it? Uh. <laughs> Hoosiers. Hoosiers, yeah. yes. Oh, Dennis Hopper, speak to us. <laughs> speak on it. But it, yeah, I do. Unless it's Jackie Robinson or something. Right. But like, even that feels like. Well, so there's, there's even um, just even the way that we discuss 
you know, perfect example. I just like was thinking about this this week. NBA free agency is the most gossip filled thing that I've ever like every time it's like, well, I heard that he don't fuck with this person and she slept with him and da 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 da. That's why he can't go to this team. And the way in which people casually dismiss girl things is like frivolous or unimportant when there is a billion dollar industry for gossiping about boys who play basketball together is so frustrating. It's like when it's that trivial, but we've expanded its importance to remember the Titans and all this. Give me a fucking story about a little girl in fucking East New York, Brooklyn, who dribbles and her name is, she's not from East New York, but <laughs> Epiphany Prince. Ulrika. I want to hear that story. I want to see the Ogwumike story. I want to see the Lisa fucking Leslie story. Right, Candace right, right. Parker. Like, I want to see these stories. Like, we, I think what, Billie Jean, uh, like King is the only one I can think I of. I know, recently. Yeah, and I, Tanya. But again, yeah, it's like... That's, and that's and that's a dark story. Right, yeah. You know, and mm-hmm. it's very gossipy and like about the a Michelle girl's Kwan jealousy. Story. Yes. Right. What's the Michelle It's about humiliating Kwan's? her. Yes, it's yeah, not, right. So it's like, yeah, like if men get to be, you know, f- trivial and frivolous and get to add gravitas to it because it's hard to do, then I do want to see that, by the way. I want to see that um, NBA free agent slash gossip girl show. Hello? We (laughs) might, me right, we might, I know English, we can write it. Yeah, that's right, the the gossip girl of the draft. Hello? (laughs) I would write J.R. Smith a starring role. Who would be the Dan Humphrey? Of that. Ooh. Who's actually Gossip Girl? LeBron is Gossip Girl. <laughs> oh my. LeBron is Gossip Girl. He would be so cute about it. He would be, wouldn't he? And he would he would play like he ain't had nothing to do with right, it. Right, yeah. The perfect way, the perfect way. And then it's just like at the end of the series, just LBJ. Yeah, right. <laughs> XOXO. Yeah. XOXO LBJ. And he is also voiced by Kristen Bell. Yes. <laughs> when we're back, uh, Adam Scott joins us. Keep It is brought to you by Barefoot Dreams. Lewis? Yes? When you see footprints in the sand, that was when I carried you in my Barefoot Dreams rub. Now, is that a Leona Lewis song? <laughs> no? Uh, if you want to bring coziness into your life, you turn to Barefoot Dreams, especially now as the brand is celebrating their 30th anniversary. With those 30 years of coziness, Barefoot Dreams celebrates being the originators of everyone's favorite luxe home blanket. And while many have attempted to duplicate their blankets, robes, and more, Barefoot Dreams' fabrication and quality cannot be replicated, so don't believe the dupes. Girl, this blanket is it. I effing love this blanket. I'm thinking about it right now, and I want to jump in my bed, which is sponsored by something that we'll do another ad for momentarily. Get ready. There's a reason why Barefoot Dreams has been on Oprah's favorite things list six times. Jesus, get a life, Oprah. My God. (laughs) Dressing head to toe in Barefoot Dreams is the key to comfort as their collection of ultra-soft robes, loungewear, and accessories are made with premium materials. Their products make the perfect gifts, too. Uh, I throw this thing on. I wear it like a shawl. I look exactly like Ellen Burstyn. And <laughs> I am the coziest a human being can be. Because by the way, it's still that time in Los Angeles where it's like pretty mild outside and then your apartment is cold. I can't explain mm. it. I don't know things like basic science. For Keep It listeners, you can get 15% off your first purchase at barefootdreams.com with the code KEEPIT15. Don't miss out on Barefoot Dreams soft, soothing fabrics that will bring luxury to your life. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR and how I live my life every day. Oh, I'm glad to bear witness to it. 
Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of a struggle. It sounds like you at Coachella. I'm already tuned in. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective, from Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations. There's no limit to the range of Black Stories, Black Truths. Black perspectives have always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center Black voices. It's NPR Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as very nuanced and Black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Doesn't the Black Experience sound like a three-disc Prince album we never got? Someone check the vault, please. <laughs> Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Oren Siegel, and I've been fighting extremism, anti-Semitism, and hate for more than 20 years. You should subscribe to our podcast, Extremely, to get a unique perspective on the daily work and the people who have dedicated their lives to exposing, fighting, and disrupting extremism, anti-Semitism, and all forms of hate. We bring you the stories of people and communities not only impacted by hate, but who offer new perspectives and ways to push back. You can find Extremely wherever you listen to podcasts. And we're back with Adam Scott, hey who guys. has a podcast of his own. S- sort of? <laughs> I've listened to it. You have, really? Well, so uh, it used to be about U2. That's uh, right. So I listened to some U2 episodes because I like U2. Uh-huh. Uh, Lewis Rather I, famously. Yeah, Lewis and I battle about this. Uh, but I am very REM-oriented. You are. Yes. So actually, you've covered all of us. So and I great. can't get into REM. I think Ray REM. can dial into yeah. it, I'm sure. <laughs> I tried to get into REM because of this guy that I liked once, uh-huh. uh, and he I, he got me into tried to get me into REM and into Smashing Pumpkins, and I got into Smashing Pumpkins, uh-huh. but the REM didn't happen. REM for me, they're my like while we were doing U two, I was always thinking like, oh man, if we ever did REM, that's where I would fully show my mm-hmm. my nerd self because they're like my very favorite from you know when you're 14 and you discover that band they're in for life so that was always my thing but it is embarrassing to have these podcasts where i'm so so into these bands that (laughs) went to the trouble of making podcasts but like michael stipe was one of the first people i remember being like not only was he gay but he was also like a roll his eyes gay and they uh, not not, a, not about this conversation gay. That's you know? right. Yeah. That's yeah. right. I feel like if I did that, it would be about Hollowed Oats. It's right. my favorite band. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You have the tattoo. You have my tattoo. Yeah. And you should do a, a podcast about Hollowed Oats. I will tell Crooked that I'm doing a spinoff of Hollowed Oats every album. <laughs> Wait a second. You There is a tattoo right yeah, there. Yeah. That's incredible. Tattoo. Yeah. Wow. It's kind of cool, though. Like, I love 
to see when people who are successful and uh, creative in their own right mm-hmm. be openly fans of other people. Right. Like, I, I love that. That's exciting for me. It's like, you've accomplished all these things, and it's like, yeah, but I'm still like a dweeb who loves art. Right. Like, that's really cool. It humanizes you a little bit. Thank you. And you know, one thing that has come from these podcasts that we never thought it was never an intention when we uh, an intention of ours when we started is we ended up interviewing you two a couple of times and have had so far two REM members on the show and 14 year old me looking (laughs) you know would have exploded uh i have a question yeah so you're currently on big little lies yeah which is Uh, all i think about so just be prepared oh good 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 but how does it feel being on big little lies and you're like one of the husbands Mm -hmm. because i feel like everyone's always like oh my god laura dern Mm -hmm. oh my god reese oh my god um nicole yeah you're so much quieter than the other actors right right which is like really cool and you know based on like what i've seen you in it it's it's you but it's it's not you know it's a lot more subdued yeah this yeah. season is so falcon crusty yeah. too and uh-huh. over the top and you are just there <laughs> sort of being quiet dealing anger. with your marriage yeah, like yeah. Just seething <laughs> quietly. It's that's beautiful. right um yeah uh, ed's certainly uh showing his uh, his fangs a little bit more mm-hmm. i guess this season um you know from the start, the reason I wanted that role so badly and really chased it was to get to work with those women, you know, um, and uh, and so I happily um, w- would just stand in the background of of uh, any scene with those with those women in it and with with uh, with Reese in it. So anything I get to do on that show is uh I, I I jump at the chance uh, happily. It's it's really really fun. My question for you is, how much do you like your character? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think that you have to like a character unless you're doing something that's you know over the top and you're standing outside of the character and just sort of building it because it's absurd. You're doing um, a Brecht play. Yes. yes. <laughs> As we do. Yes. As I'm always doing. <laughs> um, uh, that I think you need to like the character if it's going to be a real person. Um, so I do like, like Ed quite a bit and think that, you know, I mean, to get actory and pretentious if you uh, you know i feel like he's someone who uh kind of built his identity around this relationship Mm -hmm. and the relationship has kind of betrayed him and so he's lashing out and trying to figure out how he fits into the world Mm -hmm. outside of this relationship and it's not easy and it's kind of full of just uh pain i guess and uh so, yeah, so I do. I do like that. That's really interesting, though. Why do you ask that? Just because I, I think he's a character where I, uh, some people would say he's like, oh, he's a little bit dippy. Reese is the cool one. Like, get away from him, Reese, or whatever. Uh-huh. But, by the way, I, I call them by their actress names. We're all friends. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Um, sure. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but also just, I think there's a foreboding feeling to a lot of the characters on the show. As, like, particularly yours, because, as you said, Ray, he's so subdued. It's like, what is he going to do? Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, like, I don't know what he's capable of, really. So I'm right. a little bit afraid of him, actually. There's always, like, a, there's, like, a lot. Every so often, 
like that line when when you're in the car with uh, Reese and Madeline yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and you're like, do I I think it was like, do I stay in this relationship um, with someone I don't trust or do I leave with my dignity? And I was like, I wasn't expected to be stabbed that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, I was like, oh, oh. yeah, no dignity or uh, <laughs> like, the, no wife. There wow. are there are other choices. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, geez. Yeah. Wow. And so it's just it, it for me, I'm really grateful that you are on the show and that you're like such a big part of it, because as much as we love camp and I do, it's just really nice to remember that this show is about a real thing or mm-hmm. real people. And you do a great job of making me feel like, oh, yeah, this is a real town with real people. In oh, it. cool. And um, so I appreciate and And I'm sure we all know men like Ed. Yeah. Thanks for saying that. Um but I think also Ed from the start, particularly in the first season, he's kind of an odd duck. Mm-hmm. I thought he was the killer. Uh-huh. You did? Right. All the first season? Yeah, right. Because well, right, you were right. just sort of in scenes having looks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? Very Danish kind of cr- crime drama. That's right. That's right. There's a scene where I visit Zoe at her yoga studio. Mm-hmm. And w- as I'm exiting the yoga studio, I turn and a woman uh, is walking past me to go to her yoga class. And I turn and check her out. After she walks mm-hmm. past me. And it was just an afterthought that the director, Jean-Marc, told me to do on the last take we did of it. Mm-hmm. And they put it in the show. And it was really interesting because from that moment on, uh, people thought I was mm-hmm. the the one that was going to murder someone, was, you know, was the one that was going to kill somebody um, from looking at a, a woman in the, in the yoga studio. So there were these odd moments where mm-hmm. he was doing things that could be um, construed as creepy or saying things that are a little odd that you have to kind of take a moment to, to think about. Um, so it's, is he an odd duck and, and a pure good hearted person or is he an odd duck and has something underneath that's, that's dangerous. Well, I, you like, know? I mean, I, I like to just assume everyone's evil. I'm waiting for you to kill Madeline's ex-husband. I'm just waiting. Right. Just, you know, you're going to juke him really fast on the table. <laughs> right. And I'm, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to get it. I'm just ride it. my bike by him and slit his throat. <laughs> uh, do you find that you enjoy this doing drama more or do you enjoy comedy more because you've done we largely all know you so mm-hmm. much from you know like party down and yeah, parts yeah. and rec um well you know i had i didn't really start doing comedy of any kind until i got by pure fluke got the role in Step Brothers. that was mm-hmm. sort of mm-hmm. the oh, wow. beginning up until then i had done only like i always kind of thought of myself as a dramatic actor and and uh and that was primarily what i did in fact when I got the role in Step Brothers, I, I was doing this HBO show, Tell Me You Love Me, which was a super right. dark mm. relationship drama. The year was two thousand seven. I remember. Yeah. It. Okay. I okay. Was dating somebody I, and we watched it together. That okay. was an intention. Yeah. I, I yeah. figured you would know exactly when <laughs> that came out and had seen all of it. Um, by the way, I asked to be on this show, so I'm really happy to be here. <laughs> oh my god! I, I, I literally when you when I heard you were on the show, I was like, that is somebody who knows a lot of shit. Okay, okay good. good. Yeah. It, it was in. It was just so you know, it was an incoming uh, uh, request to be on the How show. Kind so of I'm you. so happy to be here. So yes, uh, comedy was sort of a, an exit. I wasn't always expecting 
expecting to take. But then the process of working on Step Brothers at first, not knowing what the hell I was doing and and stuff. But the, watching those guys and how they work, I really kind of fell in love with it. And that community of people is really fun. Um, but then uh, w once the Parks and Rec ended, I, I was kind of consciously looking for something that was uh, different and outside of the mm -hmm. comedy world, and which is why I kind of chased this uh, project or, and uh, just wanted to do different things. But I love doing comedy. And, I just want to say, know. like, uh, so I was in the writer's room for season three of The Good Place. Oh, cool. And um, so, like, it was really cool to see, like, Obviously, the writing on that show is wonderful. So to see yeah. what was happening in the room and then to see what you did. Uh -huh. Oh, you're so delightfully <laughs> evil. <laughs> Thanks. Delightfully evil. Well, Mike uh, Schur, who's the creator. And a uh, wonderful, wonderful man. Yeah, the best. He, um, I, he and I are good buddies. And I think he just wanted to see me uh, do horrible things and sort of write the complete polar opposite of Ben Wyatt. I think it's right. also another fun thing for us to yeah, do together. Yeah, totally. And, and, and your, <laughs> your job as a demon is like why I believe in Ed's like truly like fundamentally sinister. Oh, okay. Yeah. You've got that like <laughs> darkness. Yeah. It's there. It's, it's there and I'm living in it. Oh, cool. Thank you. <laughs> no, I have to ask about your experience on the set of Big Little Lies because it's not just that these are like notable actresses these are people who a hundred years from now generally speaking will be regarded as like the definitive for sure actresses of our time you know like obviously meryl but like nicole will go to, nicole will be that level for i know me, you know 100 and for everybody so i mean like can you just talk about any time you've taken in any specific acting moment of theirs on set and were you changed are you inside yeah. out what happened i mean yes and and here's my perhaps my biggest hurdle still to this day being in, in show business is that I decided I wanted to be an actor when I was nine, right? And kept it a secret because I was embarrassed till I was like 14, told my mom just to see, just to kind of run run it up the flagpole, see how people would react to it. Mm -hmm. And she was like, yeah, of course, you, yes, yes, go, <laughs> you, you can do that. Um, which was uh, so great because what if it was a different reaction? I don't, I don't know. So all I thought about as a kid and through my 20s when I wasn't getting work and sitting in a gross apartment was w movies and TV shows, mm -hmm. all I ever cared about. Mm -hmm. And so um, my biggest what, what point is my biggest hurdle still is working with people like that. Mm. It still freaks me it out. Does. Are you mm. a fan still to some degree? 100 yeah. percent. And, and so um I'm st I still can't believe it when I'm around folks like that. It's it's really uh, fun. And being on a, a movie set, it's not like I grew up around it. It wasn't demystified mm -hmm. for me. So I still get uh, butterflies being on a set. It's still uh, a really cool um, uh, thing. It really has been. I used to read the behind the scenes magazines for like Indiana Jones and Back to the Future and all that stuff, looking at like, I can't believe that one shot. There was there was a camera and like a microphone right off camera when he was doing such and such. It was just magic. So all that is still sort of uh, part of the, 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 the stew for me. And so um, gross stew. <laughs> That's disgusting. I'm so sorry. I'm not uh, taking any, anything for granted being on set with, with folks like that. Um, I'm recording all of it. And, 
Uh, one moment in particular, particular was the table read. The one table read we did for season two was up in Monterey and we did th uh, three episodes. So it was a three hour uh, table mm -hmm. read at this hotel. So they set up a bunch of uh, tables in this large rectangle and um, uh, all of the actresses, uh, the, the our lead actresses were at one table uh, kind of facing all the others and I was on the corner. Uh, so I was on the corner and, and Meryl Streep was there, uh, Laura, um, Reese, Nicole, they were all kind of lined up. And so I got to watch uh, Meryl Streep and, oh, and and Nicole Kidman and Reese Witherspoon like mix it up for three hours mm -hmm. and they bring it like a lot of people kind of just uh, you know, sometimes people will sort of um, sleepwalk through a, yeah, a table read or, 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 or call, you know, phone it in or whatever, but they are going for it. Mm. And they're so incredible and get to getting to watch them uh, not only going for it, but working it out and figuring it out as they go um, was unbelievable. And I wasn't the only one. Everyone there was just like, holy fucking shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> So yeah, moments like that are uh, are are things that uh, that all that I'll always remember. Which, by I, the way, um, it, the fact that Mel Meryl can slay a table read and she still hasn't hosted SNL, woman, I'm sorry, I know you can do this whenever you want. Please just do it once. <laughs> actually, that is so funny that she's never done that. Yeah, I'm actually very curious about uh, the kids on set. Yeah, because they're really like precocious kids, and uh, I imagine that you can't act that smart if you aren't that smart. So what is it like working with kids so young who like seem so adult? And sh shout time? out to Catherine Newton too, who yes. is fabulous. On Catherine's show. terrific. Yes. She's so good. Mm -hmm. um, and Darby Camp plays my younger daughter, mm -hmm. uh, or Catherine's not really my daughter. She's my stepdaughter. Um, but yeah, the kids, you know, both Jean-Marc Vallée and Andrea Arnold who directed season two, they both had this really terrific way with kids. You know, kid actors uh, can be tricky because yeah. you don't want it to feel canned or artificial, mm -hmm. which sometimes it can feel like they rehearsed it in their hotel room all night. And uh, you want to kind of uh, do away with that. And and there are ways I, watching Jean-Marc and, and Andrea uh, work with the kids was was really great. They, they had a way of keeping them on track. But letting them remain sort of free and, and feel like they're uh, a part of the yeah. process and aren't just being coached and told right, what right. to do. So they're, they were able to let these kids kind of roam around and, and be crazy and be kids while also harnessing them and, and having them uh, 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 really kind of deliver what they needed to, to deliver. Because I've seen the other side too, where kids aren't handled in the right way. And so the performance is going to feel right. fakey or yeah. whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, it's been just so great seeing your just sort of career mm -hmm. go, you know, I mean, I, one of my earliest memories of you, uh, and I did remember it was you, uh, you were in an episode of Glory Days. On the WB, whoa, which was which was a show I loved. Yeah, what is whoa. that? It I was even, Eddie, I even know that it is. was Eddie Cahill. You remember he was tagged yeah, on, on Friends. Yeah, you uh, literally he, watched everything. I know, right? Everything. He was a author who returned to his small town, uh, and he had written a book that was based on sort of everybody in the town. Mm. So they all hated him. Um, but then he was also helping the sheriff solve mysteries. Yeah, but the mysteries were all sort of like 
supernatural mm. in a sort of way. Like Kevin they, Williamson. Yeah, it was Kevin Williamson. Uh, and so like they thought that there were vampires in the town once, but it turned out someone was, was, mer- was someone was draining blood from women and using them oh, to, uh, to, <laughs> to using them in their paintings. Oh, well, that oh, makes sense. Yes. Uh, <laughs> classic so Hitchcockian yeah. conceit. Yeah, but you ran the classified section. At the newspaper. I don't even remember what I did on that. <laughs> That's hilarious. Wow. Yeah. I remember being in Vancouver to shoot that and watching the series premiere of 24 come on. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how long ago that was. It was right after 9-11. It was uh, fall of 2001. So I remember being in that uh, the Sutton place up in Vancouver where everyone stays when you're shooting in Vancouver mm. and just kind of being alone in this giant room uh, and thinking about uh, 9-11. But then 24 came on and, and made me feel better. <laughs> uh, Definitely st- made me feel better about Still 9/11. my favorite yeah. Shorey Agashlu performance. Anyway, <laughs> like, we could talk about Iranian actresses. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's jump in. Uh, I'm very curious about this. So you started off as a dramatic actor and you've gotten to do like all these comedies that like everybody knows you for. Everybody knows you for. Yeah. And now you're delving into drama again and you're everybody knows you for this big little lies now what would be like the ideal kind of tone of a project or something that you want to do next like that's a really good question um some amalgamation maybe yeah. dark comedy or something yeah you know i don't know i i sort of take it um project by project i don't I sort of you know i am kind of have a couple things coming up that i'm excited about that are uh that are sort of a, you're right, sort of a mix of the two, sort of that, you know, what was great was Killing Eve. They mm. really, mm. that tonal line mm. they rode, which was uh, really funny, also terrifying mm-hmm. and suspenseful. And they kind of were able to. Kill I could it. see but, you doing like a Killing Eve or like a dead to me. It, yeah. That is not an easy, Phoebe Waller-Bridge was able to harness, mm-hmm. somehow ride that line. Um, that's not easy, but that they did something really special there. So. I, I love that. Can you give us an REM deep cut that everybody should listen to? Because I have one that I will recommend. But okay. I want to hear what you okay. say. Yeah. It's a B side, mm-hmm. a Man on the Moon B side, oh. and it's not pro- it's not heavily produced. It sounds like they went in and knocked it out in uh, in an afternoon. Uh, but it's called Arms of Love. It's a Robin Hitchcock song that they covered. And if it doesn't put a lump in your throat, I don't know what will. That and Dark Globe, which is a Sid Barrett cover. Um, from the green era, also a B-side. Both covers, but they're ones that no one knows. Both incredible. I think they're probably on iTunes. Gotcha, gotcha. I will listen to those. I was going to say, this. my version of a deep cut is probably different from yours based on the amount of knowledge you have. But I feel like the around 98, they had an album called Up, which, oh, was, yeah. which, which I feel like is really uh, lauded among the fans. But there's a song on it called At My Most Beautiful that I love, love, oh, love, yeah. love, love. You're talking about like, you're like, oh, that's an, everybody well, knows that one. It, but yeah. it is a deep cut because that album has kind of sort of been, you know, swallowed by REM history or whatever. Like yes. old fans know it very well. And that mm-hmm. was a single that should have been a big hit, but wasn't. It's like a Beach Boys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The only up really great. album I listened to was Shania Twain. <laughs> right. Somebody else has an up album, Peter Gabriel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I yeah. remember when both of those albums came out, I was like, 
What the fuck? <laughs> R.E.M. Yeah, yeah. Up like four years ago. How many ups can we go? Exactly. Uh, lastly, we were talking about it before you got here because I was talking about Moody's 80 bands. Uh, do you like Duran Duran? I love Duran Duran. Yeah, uh -huh. Okay. And you know what? When, not to name drop and bring it back to the U2 thing, when we were uh, interviewing Bono and the Edge about a year ago, we were asking them, what are your favorite like songs from contemporaries? And The Edge named, um, what's that late period Duran Duran hit oh, from like 92? Yes, it's like Moody uh, uh, and- Beautiful, it, not Beautiful World, yeah, but- Yes, 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 That's I know exactly what you're talking about. One second. Um, Ordinary World. Ordinary World, yes, mm. yes, yes. I think the songwriting of that is extraordinary, and but those early, I love those early records. Man, too. great answer that he came up with. Yeah, that too. I know, unexpected and cool. Are you a musician yourself? No, I can't do anything. I can't sing. <laughs> I can't do anything. The times I've had to sing in things, Step Brothers and Big Little Lies, uh, they've had to get a ringer in there. Uh, okay, okay, <laughs> oh wait, I do have one. Marty Nixa. Yeah. Oh wow. Good call. <laughs> one last complicated question: If you had to do, you have the U two REM podcast. If you had to do a podcast about a woman or a woman from band who would it be oh that's um uh um that's a really good question uh, either pj harvey i'm an obsessive pj harvey oh well, my we're, god now unfortunately we're friends because yeah. <laughs> okay good, 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 good. white chalk's my favorite how, how about is that an album that's yes it's from 2007 it's very like it's think of the movie the others with people in crinoline and attics okay. that's what it looks like that okay. was the first one of hers i heard oh yeah mm -hmm. I, I rid of me is my I love rid of me but yes. i i have to say after stories from the City stories. City, the yes. After that, I've fallen. I, I, I know her stuff, but not as well. But yeah. I was an obsessive fan up until then. And including that album, that duet with Tom York is Beautiful. unbelievable. And she went on tour with uh, you too around then. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she did. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I forget what I was going to say about. Uh, oh, uh, other um, other female backed bands. Um, well, I'll think of something. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me later. PJ Harvey. PJ Harvey is a star. PJ Harvey's answer. good. Uh, oh, Rilo Kiley. Love Rilo Kiley. Yeah. Where's oh, Blake Soper right now? I, I want to know. know. Blake's great. Blake and I were on Boy Meets World together. You sure were. Yeah. Yes. Mm. Yes. Oh, and Jenny Lewis. Her records. Her last record was incredible. She had. Like the tra almost, you know, parts of the Traveling Wilburys backing her up. It was great. I didn't want to take it all the way back to Boy Meets World, but I did. Sure. <laughs> from that I, I handed so it, it to you. Just flashed into I know, right? I'm like, holy yeah. shit. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, well, you've just been like popping up in my life forever. <laughs> you guys were little kids with, when Boy not, Meets World not was. a little kid. Yeah. Maybe like yeah. 12, 11. Yeah. It happened for me. I was so, like, uh, this thing happens to gay kids where they relate to Minkus, which oh. is pre your time. Yeah. But yes. Did not happen, oh, did not happen all, to me. I thought I thought gay boys like related to uh, Topanga. I mean, I mm. kind of liked her. She went through too many personalities okay. for me. I, I don't remember Minkus. Minkus is season one. There was a nerd on the show little, with blonde tiny hair. Little tiny kid. Mm. Tiny, okay. tiny kid with big glasses. There was like a real um, tone overhaul after that. And the yeah. show became moodier. Yeah. Okay. I related okay. to Sean because he was hot. Yeah, Sean was sure. really hot. And, and he had a and black Angela, girlfriend. Yes. Oh, Angela. <laughs> yes, the black girlfriend. Uh, the funny thing about Minkus was, do you remember the ending of the show where like they graduated? And, he appears. Uh, and Minkus appears. Uh, he just wanders down the hall. Uh, 
Also, and they ask the, him, "Where were you?" And he points off set and goes over there. No. It was really break the fourth wall strain. <laughs> also, yeah. also the teacher who Feeney, George Feeney. No, no, no the oh, Mr. The Turner. Hot teacher, Mr. The Turner. Pond. He appeared in that episode too because That's I think if you recall, you back. he raised. He like was basically taking care of Sean. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then he was like in a motorcycle accident. Uh-huh. Uh, That's and right. And then we never saw him again. Right. Yes. He. Um, he was. Uh, he disappeared from the show for yeah. whatever reason. I do remember Mr. Feeney, uh, William Daniels, was so cool. I had I had never really worked before. I didn't know like mm-hmm. about where you're supposed to stand or it was like my fir- really one of my very first things. And the producers were all over me like they wouldn't leave me alone in the sense that I didn't know what I was doing. They could tell and they were trying to shape my performance so they could hit their jokes and do whatever. Uh, but maybe a little too much because it was freaking me out. And I didn't I remember William Daniels. Uh, they they all were like flocked around me telling me how to say stuff. And they they moved away. And he, he just said, hey, kid, don't fucking listen to them. <laughs> <laughs> the like, star of 1776. Yeah, giving you the yeah, business. Yeah. And the graduate. Yes. And, yeah. He also yeah. shot an intruder last year. In Did he really? Home. I'm pretty sure oh, of it. Yeah. He's yeah. in his 90s, right? Yeah. 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 What a badass. What a badass. Right. I love that he was the one who was like, fuck these Yeah, people. totally. <laughs> he was great. great. Oh, Liz Fair. Liz oh, Fair. I'm, I'm, that's my number one. It so. is? Yeah. Okay, because she, her later stuff is so underappreciated. Oh, yeah. I even love it when she got like the super like commercial Swedish producers to come in and like juice the self-titled. It. Yeah. I, I love, love that. that shit. Why Can't I is an amazing song. Oh, yeah. And I discovered it in the... Win a date with Tad Hamilton. Uh, exactly. Right. Oh, and that's wow. what got me in the Liz Fair. I want to say the, first time the How to Deal soundtrack. Mm. Yes. Mm-hmm. How to Deal. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. We, oh, we'll, we'll arrange a Liz Fair PJ Harvey thing. Oh, yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Uh, thank you for being here, Adam. Thanks for having me, you guys. You're I really, really tonight. appreciate it. It was, yeah. it, was, it was great. And uh, The Good Fight is one of my favorite uh, uh, shows right now, too. It's uh, everything. Isn't it great? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. You should be an evil lawyer on that show. Oh, yeah. The, oh, I would love to. The, the kings are incredible, yeah. don't you think? Yeah. Uh, they are so good. Yeah. yeah. And they do they do really evil lawyer. Like, they did Michael J. Fox's evil lawyer really well. Yeah. They, oh, they, yes. They, he love was that so character. good. So yes. they're good at, you know, hitting the funny yeah. while yes. doing the... They are. Um, and the other two. Have you guys talked about the other two? Oh, love that show. Isn't yes. it great? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I love that Sorry. you're a fan of TV. Just, okay. This is great. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Uh, When we're back, we're going to talk about Disney. I'm Oren Siegel, and I've been fighting extremism, anti-Semitism, and hate for more than 20 years. You should subscribe to our podcast, Extremely, to get a unique perspective on the daily work and the people who have dedicated their lives to exposing, fighting, and disrupting extremism, anti-Semitism, and all forms of hate. We bring you the stories of people and communities not only impacted by hate, but who offer new perspectives and ways to push back. You can find Extremely wherever you listen to podcasts. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley. 
for the love of home. They say plants like music. Yeah, no, like really, they, they respond to the vibrations of it, which means that this playlist you're listening to, the plants are too. You know what else plants like? Organic soil from miracle Grow. It's made with all the best stuff like wood fiber and compost. Plus, it's OMRI certified organic, which officially means it's made with superior ingredients. And when you give your plants the stuff that makes them happy, they won't judge you on your iffy playlist. Hear that, plants? So go ahead and give them miracle Grow. Last week, Disney announced that Halle Berry is going to be <laughs> the Little Mermaid. I did read it like that. <laughs> Holly Robinson Pete. <laughs> Holly Marie Combs in blackface oh will be <laughs> Ariel. Uh, no, Halle Bailey from Chloe and Halle. Yes, um, Beyonce's own. Yes, um, she will be playing Ariel in the live-action remake of The Little Mermaid. Mm-hmm. Do you think Beyonce got her that job? I mean, I'm sure Beyonce helped. Yeah, I mean, I that's that they're on Beyonce's label King. too. Yeah. Like, no, she was a hurt to the to the decision. They're like, I don't know. She's <laughs> friends with Beyonce. We better say no. I feel like that is a thing though in real meetings. Really? Yeah, like she's friends with Beyonce. We should go with her. Yeah, yeah, no, of <laughs> course. Like, yeah, yeah. She's also acted on ABC Family's Grownish. I think it's Freeform. Freeform, now. yeah. It's Freeform now. <laughs> yeah, they change that fucking name every yeah. week. It used to be Fox Family. Yeah. Do you remember? I remember. It's now Spike TV. No. Fox, Fox Family. <laughs> oh, no, Paramount Network. Yeah, Fox Family, and they would have um, uh, that like, uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Show. But they would also have like those religious things. Oh on yeah, it too. It was pretty intense. Yeah, she was getting backlash, allegedly, for being cast um, as the Little Mermaid. And here's my thing about this backlash. Um, According to an article by Mashable reporter Josh Dickey, the majority of people tweeting about this alleged boycott of Halle um, being cast as Ariel um, were 94 percent were people expressing mm-hmm. outrage over the campaign's existence mm-hmm. and 6 percent were racist trolls trying to get people mad. Mm-hmm. And here's my whole thing about this Little Mermaid controversy. I never saw anyone actually tweeting why did they cast this black girl as the mermaid? I saw I, one. Uh, one tweet exactly. Okay. And it was the—for me, it looks like everybody was responding to that one tweet. Yes. Yeah. And um, also those people are, like, fishing, right? Yeah. 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 People—and that's the thing. Like, stuff like this will happen. Someone will make one tweet, and they know that they can go viral mm-hmm. with it. Um, oh, I think it was that tweet of, like, a, a, like a hand holding the Little Mermaid— I don't box remember that or something. But then everyone will respond to that tweet um, with everyone's talking about this. Yeah. We're boycotting it, like overblowing it. Yes. Well, so, OK, <clears throat> I want to be very clear that I don't uh, blame victims for their own abuse. I want to be <laughs> Good, clear on, nice the outset, preamble. Yeah. on the outset. I think that the reason people had to anticipate and then overreact to what was going to be a backlash to Ariel being black is that nonsense 
uproar over Ursula being white. Yeah. That was where it started. If there wasn't that, I don't think that there would have been the same quote unquote backlash that we're seeing because I don't know who got it in their heads that Ursula was a negress. That is a purple octopus. Yes. And Melissa McCarthy. Flotsam and Jetsam are confirmed coons. <laughs> now listen, now if we was talking Dumbo and we were talking about racist crows, I might get with you. <laughs> I get with you. But they're in like, admittedly, The Little Mermaid is not my favorite Disney movie. It was Likewise. The Lion King and Aladdin. Aladdin for sure. Quippier. Quippier. Mm. And Pinocchio was actually pretty good too. Yeah. Yeah, haunting. And, and, and yeah, dark. And yeah. dark. Very dark. Yeah. But it was, it's just like, I never in my life thought that Ursula was a black woman. And the fact that there were all these black people insisting, not just suggesting that they saw themselves <laughs> in her, but insisting that she had to be a black drag queen. It, it was First of all, she was inspired by Divine. Yes. drag queen. That's right. She was inspired by Divine, who was white. A yeah. white a white queen. And so it was just like this uh, overly aggressive reclaiming of a thing that wasn't yours to begin with. And then because people were mad, first of all, shouts to Melissa McCarthy. That's a talented motherfucker, bitch. And I'm very excited for her. I, I I'm saying. like Melissa McCarthy as it's Ursula. I can't it. fucking wait. Lewis had uh, a what? lot to say. What when, when everyone kept being like, why isn't Lizzo in this I was like, role? Guys, does Lizzo act? <laughs> does she, does she, well, it's a legendary role. And, and also, Melissa Lizzo's, McCarthy, it's not just that she's talented. She is one of the great screen comedians ever. ever. Spry, oh, God, Spy is one of my favorite movies yes. of the last, like, 10, 15 Put years. Put her and Rose Byrne in everything. Everything yeah. together. They're so good. And the idea that you would diminish Melissa McCarthy over a, a misunderstanding that Ursula was black is crazy. <laughs> that it lasted for three days was even crazier. And then... After all of that nonsense, you get a black mermaid. And now you got to deal with a backlash that don't exist over some shit that you created over a backlash that shouldn't have existed. And by the way, an additional crazy thing I saw was that members of BTS should be Prince Eric. Guys, again, it's, it's hard to act. It is you hard. can't just decide you to just, act. Well, Lizzo wanted to. She apparently yeah. had done like a cutesy campaign uh -huh. or whatever. And I know that like Donald Glover had done a cute campaign to be Miles Morales, I think. And so when he's like actually, but he was an actor. Lizzo yeah. is a bad bitch. And then he didn't get Miles Morales. He played him uh, in um, an animated series, yeah, exactly. but he didn't get cast as like Spider-Man yes, in the movie. We exactly. got Tom Holland. Who is great? I haven't seen any. Far of them from yet. home is that girl. I'm just is really it? hyped it's about doing Zendaya. What the, it's doing what the other girls can't do. Okay, I love Zendaya in that movie. Zendaya, She's great. I said yeah. Zendaya. How's, how's my man Gyllenhaal? Very hot. Yeah, yeah. Can I? Can we just admit though? You're here. Uh -huh. I need you to do it. Go ahead. Can we admit that he's the lesser talented Gyllenhaal? Oh well, I'm 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 into Maggie. Okay, secretary oh, yeah. plays. Okay, because yeah, yeah. it mm -hmm. bothers me that everyone act like he not like he's the he's the one. Now his eyes are nice. Uh huh. That's a good face. I think it's really <laughs> just like the one two of like broke back. Okay. And, like, and he was really, really good in Nightcrawler. I stand Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler is yeah. amazing. I've seen Nightcrawler. Uh, you would love Nightcrawler. I would. Yes. But is it an unsolved mystery? Because if it's unsolved, then I don't like no, it. That's no, that's Zodiac. Okay. Yeah, no. Zodiac. Mm -hmm. um, Nightcrawler is like you know from the jump, it's it's him sort of like oh, okay. doing. It's like, fictional. Too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Him cool, doing cool, crazy cool, stuff. Cool. Mm -hmm. Um, yes. So uh, I meant to superstand Melissa McCarthy again because it's like I just want to say about these movies that generally speaking they don't excite me. Like I yeah. just I don't need to see live action versions of mm -hmm. a lot of no. these different things. Like they're perfect in their original form. The Mulan trailer I looks say, good. The Mulan, Mulan looks though, excellent. meanwhile, is the first one where it's like 
oh, this is an actual story yes. involving uh, humanity and stakes and, you know, not like sarcastic but, mean t- uh, lions. But also you can, the difference with, I think, Mulan versus The Lion King or uh, The Little Mermaid is that from what I understand, Mulan is like, a legend based on a real person and the people I'm not I don't remember I was like 10 or something so the people who made Mulan weren't like Chinese experts and so the idea that you can get a live action version cast with all Chinese or East Asian people and have people who are experts in the culture and who write about themselves write that version of the story is very different from doing shot for shot a copy of The Lion King. Well, yeah. and so, but here's also a weird controversy about Mulan, uh, and it's sort of twofold, and I mean, and this is what happens when you're in other cultures telling stories, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the original Mulan uh, obviously didn't really follow the legend, no. but it had so many um, Chinese-American, you know, sort of voice talent. My and queen, people, and people, Yes, and yes. people involved in it. Um, and, you know, there were some offensive things to actual Chinese people, mm-hmm. um, like oh, Mushu, like Mushu, like and like the Americans. songs and stuff. And whereas also, online, I, oh, some I, 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 I was going to say, I only learned the other day on Twitter that Mushu is named after the pork dish. Yeah. Oh wow. I never put it together. I thought anyway. that was like a name name. Yeah. How many times did you drag us to Genghis Cohen? Uh, you're right. <laughs> and you didn't know that. I trade in puns. I don't know why I didn't put it together. <laughs> Wait, you've actually eaten at Genghis Cohen? Yeah. I've only done stand up there. We <laughs> 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 <They> serve food. <laughs> Not well. Oh, um, no, no, we disagree there. <laughs> but um, some Chinese Americans are now mad at this movie. Okay. Um, because this movie is Disney really trying to capitalize on the Chinese box office, you know, and trying to have it be international. And so um, I think it's it's two white writers um, oh. and a white director. Um, well, and they're do doing it. a lot, you know, like Chinese actors and they're filming there and everything, et cetera. Um, but a lot of the things that made Chinese Americans feel seen as like Americans, like mm. watching Disney movies are now gone from it because Disney's trying to appeal to an international audience instead of trying to appeal to an American audience. I have to say, I am continuously surprised by what hap- what, what plays in China. Aren't they the country that made the movie World of Warcraft happen? Guys, what was going on there? Great Wall was made sort of like in conjunction yes. with, and then it ended up being this white savior mess with oh, Matt Damon dear. that was also secretly about aliens. <laughs> it wasn't really. I didn't even yeah. get that far. They were fighting aliens. I never even read that much of the description. I, That's I, wow. They hit it. They hit it in the trailer. <laughs> they hit it in the trailer. And I later remember finding out that that movie was about aliens uh, attacking. And that's why they that's built crazy. the wall. That's the, only, that's the only thing they could see from space. That's why they went for it. That's crazy. <laughs> it all comes together. That's, that's ridiculous. I mean, listen, There, there's for me, the magic is in the you know, the expressiveness of the cartoon. Like, I want to see, like, Simba move Mufasa's paw and his eyes well up. and whatever. You can't do that with the CGI S or whatever it is mm-hmm. or whatever. I'm not particularly excited for The Lion King or The Little Mermaid, to be honest with you. I'm actually very excited for Milan. It looked very good. But, I mean, I also just think that it's insane to go crazy over, like, stunt casting these things. Um, ultimately, a studio is going to make whatever decision. You see the movie, you don't. I just can't imagine imagine being up in a tizzy for like 10 years on the internet about and you're it. getting and you're getting us so excited about these movies that one yes 
that they've blocked out for 10 years. <laughs> and it's like, oh, we just keep feeding into the Disney beast and eventually yeah. they're going to own everything. And also, too, there's this element of, and like, uh, as a black person who is on the internet all the time, I'm talking about me, too. We got to check ourselves and stop getting hype about every small thing because these people have figured out that you get black people angry, you're going to get a lot of free press. And I just don't like people cashing in on our proper grievances that way. I mean, it's capitalism, babe. I know. It's frustrating. <laughs> it's, yeah. I mean, it's like, look at how much money and talk they generated around the little... Tell me you would give a shit about the Little Mermaid live action if we wasn't freaking out about either Ursula or Ariel. Yeah. I wouldn't. So stop helping these corporations get mad money off of your anger, then they're not reinvesting it in you. Let's rejigger the conversation to also be positive. I want to bring up Melissa McCarthy again. Didn't you just tweet about the movie Life of the Party, which is bad, except for one scene, which I believe is all physical, where she has to give a speech to her class. Yeah. And it is... Among the funniest things I've seen in the past five years in a movie that did not deserve Melissa it. Melissa McCarthy does that. I yeah. cried during She's, the heat. Did oh, you? I was on a plane and drunk. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> the cabin pressure. <laughs> anyway. Sandy and Melissa had you crying. That's hilarious. Uh, when we're back, keep it. And we're back with our favorite segment of the episode. It is Keep It. Ray. You're the guest. I'm the guest. We'll let you go first. All right, let me go first. Uh, so my keep it is for all of the uh, hot boys and city boys who are hating. Okay. Oh. So uh, you might not know, or you do, if you are a hot girl or a city girl, you would know. So basically, Megan Thee Stallion and uh, the rap group City Girls, they're trying to have what you know, internet fans are calling a hot girl summer and a city girl summer, which is to just love yourself, act up, bug out, be sexy, and not give a fuck about no niggas. I'm having a hot girl summer. You having a hot girl summer? I'm loving it. I'm having a tepid shorty summer, but <laughs> I have intentions of moving into hot when I feel a little better by myself. But um, there's this thing that happens whenever women, particularly black women, get to feeling themselves and liking themselves, where men come in, often black men, to tell them you're not allowed to feel yourself. There's a lot of men trying to one-up the girls. Like, we having a hot boy summer. We having a, a city boy summer. And I understand... Which isn't an insecurity thing at all. Nothing. Not at all. Nobody has needed a hot boy since Missy teamed up with Hello, Nicole. Hello! Yes. And we was dragging them! <laughs> she was low-key dragging them in a song. On that OK album. <laughs> Whoa! Whoa. That's her worst album. Okay, her worst ain't nobody's okay, though. No, I'm, I'm a the real I'm a world, deep end. Okay. Come on. The, the real world's the worst one. Okay. She's a bitch, it's a bop. <laughs> She's a bitch. bitch? Wanna say my name? But all the albums have bops. You're pretending like, oh, she got to yeah, bops no, this Missy, one time. Missy is a bop legend. Yeah, like, she, a bopstress. She's yes. a bopstress. And her worst album was actually This Is Not a Test. Oh, no. I, mm, mm. Pass that Dutch. Does that have mommy on it? No, that's Cookbook. You might yeah. be right. Yeah, okay. Oh, wait, Cookbook. Okay, I'm messing them up because that's in that, like, this is not Dance a and Ciara era. Yeah, that's right. Okay, this is not a test has Pass That Dutch, and then it also has that, that Dutch super person. bad woke song with Jay-Z, Wake Up. Oh, no. Mm. I'm, I'm going to go right to sleep. <laughs> I'm, no, thank you. But you were talking about the hot yes, boys. Yes, the hot boys. So, I mean, the only reason I'm this vexed about it is because I was just reading The Shame Room, and do you remember Sammy? You probably don't. 
I was 10 when he was popular. Uh, his name is Sammy. He was like a teen song R&B singer. And he just basically, you know, I like the way you look at me. Yep, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Sammy, right, who isn't like famous for anything today, you know, just gets online. I saw this on The Shade Room. I apologize. And why are you reading The Shade Room? Because I fucking love it. This is why I, I'm <laughs> reading The Shade Room. I'll get to my key, but I promise. The Shade Room, I was like, Rafa, why do you keep reading The Shade Room? And then I went to a clip and uh, somebody, I went to The Shade Room and there was a post of 50 Cent, you know, demanding money from people who owe him, supposedly. And one of the commenters was like, don't you owe your child a father? And I was like, this is why I go to The Shade Room. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is why I go to The Shade Room. Anyway, it's fucking funny. Anyway, it's just Sammy gets in there and he starts listing all the ways that women, you're not a hot girl if, and you, mm. if you... If you, you know, posting your titties, like just all kinds of policing women, hating that girls are enjoying themselves or whatever. And it's just kind of corny. Like, I understand the jokes, hot boys, hot girls. We going back and forth. I appreciate a fun gender war when it's fun. But it's like Megan Thee Stallion wasn't talking to you. And the city girls were talking about you. They were saying you wasn't shit. But that has nothing to do with it. <laughs> just let us have it. You have everything. Everything in the media is catered toward men in particular. Everything in the me- media is like... Like, especially rap is a is a man's game. Let the five girls who are out there and their fans who finally feel seen. And, you know, Megan Thee Stallion's encouraging girls to have self-esteem. Let them have it. She just had her Jimmy Fallon debut. Yes, and she killed it. And she looks great. Her six foot at, I love that girl. But <laughs> just like... Let us have our fun. Let us like ourselves. Just keep all that hate. Or celebrate yourself without denigrating the women who happen to have the audacity to like themselves. It does seem like it's a a hostility towards people having a dialogue about themselves in front of other people. And that being mistaken as a hostile takeover. Yeah, basically. It's like, why wouldn't you want a girl to feel like she's a hot girl? Right. Oh, because a hot girl likes herself enough to know that you don't measure up. And your anxiety about not having access to every shorty is your reason for why you're going to deny hotness to every shorty and it's corny it's lame leave us alone their feelings are at stake yeah exactly and you know if you have a tepid girl summer that's all right too <laughs> but <laughs> be a tepid boy sammy you've been tepid for 15 years okay <laughs> Lewis, what is your keep it? I actually apologize that this keep it will sound sort of like somebody's tight five i don't mean for it to but it's keep it to AirPods. Okay, well, okay. coming up is <laughs> Louis Vertel. He's a great comedian from Illinois. <laughs> and my Elaine Boozler. Like, you have to say the name last. It. You have to say the name last so people remember the audience. So, from Illinois, <laughs> straight out of Illinois, yeah. Louis Vertel! And I come out and I, yeah, I'm pumping a fist, etc. It looks you great. Everybody's hug. into it. Yes, that's right. Oh, my God. The nervous hugs on yeah, stage during stand-up. You were live at the Apollo. Right. Oh, all right. I'm ready to blow. Okay, ready to sweep <laughs> me off. Yeah. Okay, keep it to AirPods. First of all, these things are just designed so that you lose them or that you only know where they are one-ninth of the time. They are postage stamp size and cost $200. Everybody at Apple is having a laugh. <laughs> I've lost They're like, pairs. watch these twinks keep track of these fucking postage stamps. I have lost three AirPods. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I went on va- Why did you buy more after the second time you lost them? Because like... It's the only option. Now you have to buy AirPods yeah. once you start on them. What am I supposed to just have... My like- beats. Look at these beats. Mm. They hang around my neck. You know... They don't go anywhere. Well, let me tell you, once you get the AirPods <laughs> in and you start feeling like whatever, Janet on tour, whatever you feel like. <laughs> you feeling yourself you with hear, them. You hold your ear, you get to your Mariah Carey whistle register, just... 
Right. So <laughs> you, you can't deny the addictive factor of that. And okay, number one, if I go and hug somebody and I have an AirPod in, good luck. It's on the floor on the street. Whatever. <laughs> good night. Does it work anymore? Who cares? You had to hug your fucking aunt. You're down 200, 200 bucks. Then, okay. Wait, so, are you too good to bend down and pick up a pair of Air- AirPods you dropped? Girl, it bounced into the sewer. I'm telling you, you have no choice. <laughs> then, like, okay, so I went on vacation. I went to World Pride with Ira. And then I went to D.C., a place you just don't need to be. But I was there. And then it's I... It's a swamp! I, I left them there. And now I can't listen to music, one. Two, every time I see AirPods, I'm like... Uh, my brain goes, oh, they're yours, but they're not. It's like Angelina Jolie and Changeling. Like, I lost my baby, but was it even mine to begin with? <laughs> you know, my- By the way, I didn't see that movie. <laughs> oh, you did? I just have a vague idea what it is. She wears hats and seems distressed. Fuck Angelina Jolie every time she makes a movie that's not Salt too. I Hello? saw the trailer from Maleficent too. I didn't Maleficent see it yet. Too? I didn't see the Maleficent 2 trailer yet. No, Michelle's in it. I know Michelle Pfeiffer's in it, so I will see it. I yeah. mean, she's oh. always having a hot girl summer. But um, I agree. No, I mean... I feel like I'm wrapped up in like needing AirPods yes. now because I'm addicted to Apple. Uh, <laughs> they've probably been brainwashing us for yeah, years. Yeah, they've been brainwashing. Um, but I keep losing them, or I will lose a case. Yeah, I left in in New York when I arrived to New York for World Pride. I had taken because you have to put the AirPods in, but then you have the charging case. Yes, right. Uh, left the case in which the is Uber. the size of a thimble, by the way. Yeah, left yes. the case in the Uber. Oh, so good. then I just had AirPods. Oh, and they're going to die soon. And then they die. And it's like a friend need... with a terminal illness in your ear. <laughs> so you need to charge them. They are really, really dangerous. Taxing. And they're expensive. Yeah. I, I just have like three pair in my apartment now. Ugh, so. I'm going to I'm gonna get to that point. And by the way, also keep it to the fucking dirt that collects in that case. It is Ew, impossible girl. to clean them. They look Ew. dirty as fuck. Yes. Yeah. It is a lint trap that you keep in your fucking ear. Maybe Gross. I don't like AirPods. See? You know what? This has been very therapeutic for me. Thank you to Crooked and Keep It for allowing me this moment. <laughs> uh, my Keep It this week mm-hmm. is to it's a Vanity Fair. Um, but not the book. Not not the book. Yeah. Uh, and, and not the movie. Oh, <laughs> Timeless. Yeah. Reese I mean, Witherspoon? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we love anything Reese does. Mm-hmm. Um now, mine is to Vanity Fair because um, Vicki Ward recently came out with a story that she had profiled Jeffrey Epstein, um, alleged pedophile, um, alleged no, famous person. I mean, person. Isn't, he, isn't he a convicted one? Oh, well, he got the plea deal. Yeah, so he's convicted. He's going down. Oh, that's right. Yeah. He's convicted. a registered sex offender. Okay, great. I remember. Good. I can call him a pedophile. Donald Trump friend. I just Prince al- Andrew friend. I just always say alleged because of Star Jones oh, on the yeah. view. <laughs> oh, yeah. And Tracy Morgan as yes, Star Jones allegedly. on Saturday Night Live. Yes. Uh, but no, in the view book, you know, Star Jones is always like, you have to say alleged. You wow. have to say alleged. To live Barbara. up to the character. <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. But anyway, uh, she had profiled Jeffrey uh, in the early 2000s because basically he was this rich person who was mysterious. No mm-hmm. one knew where he got his money from. Um, we still don't know. We still don't know. Also, when the story came out, I do want to say, I was like, who the fuck is Jeffrey Epstein? Oh, I had known him a bit. Him. He's one of those people that's just always... When you lived in New yeah. York, too, like you hear about him a lot, but it's like you never really see him 
anywhere. And Vicky talks about how he had been sort of really adverse to being in the press and stuff. It was just like yeah, the rich people knew him. Gross. Yeah. That's <laughs> uh, why. Rich people knew him, would go to parties with him, etc. Basically, Vanity Fair wanted to profile him because Page Six got a story that he had flown somewhere with Bill Clinton on a private jet, right? So it's like, oh my God, he's hanging out with a former president. Like, we need to finally get a profile of this man. She profiled him and got on the record and got sources to vet Mm -hmm. underage girls talking about how he had assaulted them, um, talking about how he was going after underage girls specifically. And Vanity Fair cut it from the story. Vanity Fair or? Graydon Carter cut it from the fucking story. Uh Graydon Carter, Mr. I'm obsessed with Donald Trump, Mm -hmm. Mr. I want to take down Donald Trump, Mm -hmm. Mr. I want to talk about how every time Trump tweets at me, I put it on my fucking wall outside my office, Graydon Carter, um, and his flop restaurant, the Waverly Inn. Um, (laughs) He bounced... This info about Epstein after Epstein visited the Vanity Fair offices and provided him with photos to put in the fucking store. Or muscled him. I mean, I, you know, I, someone who's that weak, I don't think a picture is what did it. I think he's soft as shit Mm -hmm. and couldn't stand into principles. And Jeffrey Epstein was like, bruh, you're not getting invited to parties. Right. And it's the two, (laughs) it's the early two thousands and Graydon Carter's power was literally, it's built on celebrity and being invited to these things. I mean, after the fucking plea deal happened, Jeffrey Epstein was still like at this dinner party. Uh, There was a report about him at a dinner party where he was, uh, he was hosting it for a friend and like people like Katie Couric and shit are there. And it's like so much of the, these really wealthy people, like it's all this prestige and it's all this, you know, just sort of like tradition and everything's wrapped up in the other. And that's why it's so hard to bring people down like that. You well, know? also, I think there is, um, I think Barbara Streisand, <laughs> it's the worst take, but it's actually the most honest. When Barbara Streisand was basically like, eh, Michael, fuck them kids, but I ain't throwing them away. That's basically <laughs> what she said. And it was appalling at first. And then you're like, well, that's the most honest take I've heard out here because the only other option is to keep your friend and deny any abuse happened. So Mm -hmm. just admit that you like the parties and you don't care about those little girls, but a lot of people are too greedy and won't accept the backlash that comes with admitting such a thing. So then we just pretend nothing happened. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, messed up. Like Barbara Streisand basically called what I believe allegedly Michael Jackson's pedophilia was uh, an eccentricity, his sexual needs. And I'm sure something similar happened with Jeffrey Epstein. Mm-hmm. Because if a man takes a plea deal, he's saying, I did it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're, and they just went to his parties anyway. They're like, okay, that's a And there's plenty of things going around, you know, where people are like, uh, they knew he liked underage girls, you know. And it's just like, it's what? It's just part of lore. It's pop culture, you know. And I feel like now we're just in this era where open secrets are finally being, we're talking about them. This is but why it, the movie The Post is so compelling at the end when Meryl is basically hosting a dinner party and then has to, you know, lose all the friends she built, you know, being a gold dressed, a gold smocked empress at the Washington Post. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's crazy. Yeah. (laughs) I haven't seen the post. I'm not a big movie person, but I, you're, I would describe it as cute. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) But, um, but it's just really disappointing. But like what really bothers me about the Jeffrey Epstein story is if you've read some of the, well, shouts to the women journalists who 
because of them. Especially the Miami Herald. Yes, because of the women journalists. This is how diversity in rooms helps society at large. You have women in there. Like this woman, she was talking about how she cried. She cried at work when her when her quotes about these girls got taken out of the magazine. And then, you know, now we're like 14 years later, 15 years later. And the reason he's getting taken down again by the SDN, is it SDNY or just New York? I don't know. But he's because after Acosta became labor secretary and you see his record and what he did with Jeffrey Epstein, you have women down in Florida writing about this. And what's disappointing to me is that abusers are very intellectually aware of this. And I, it's shocking that we forget it all the time. They purposely choose transient children, people who will be forgotten. No one gives a shit about, so no one will say anything. If he's, you know, trafficking, I don't know, Bill Clinton's daughter, God forgive me, I wouldn't say that. That's not nice. But someone's famous's daughter. It's a different conversation. Mm -hmm. But he's dealing with transient Miami girls who, what, drugs, homelessness? It's fucked up. That's a pretty substantive keep it. It al- almost as important as AirPods. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, we like to we like to keep it mixed up <laughs> mixed here up. and yeah. keep it. Like yeah. to mix it up. Well, that's our show. Thank you to Ray for being here again. Ray, always fabulous. You, yeah, I know. Can we end on some fun? <laughs> uh, uh, I ain't got nothing fun, but can we try? Sure. Okay. Uh, uh, Trina's album slaps. Oh, it does. Oh, good. Trina's, yeah, Trina, I love Trina's new album. Uh, yeah. I need thing. a new album to buy. Y- yeah. Yes. Trina- and by the way, I buy albums, guys. You do? On. Yes, I have a problem. I, I, I'm very into possessing music. Okay, it's an old fair I got tickets to Madonna's concert, which comes with free albums, and I arrived home um, from vacation uh, And Matt last Max night. had reorganized your apartment. <laughs> <laughs> I, there was a huge package taking up space in my fucking mailbox, and it's just multiple messages. Adam X CDs. Oh, it was wow. like, it was like, bitch, I need all these hard copies, <laughs> hard copies of, your of the CD. same album. <laughs> They're like a Best Buy. <laughs> They're use them give as weapons. Some, yeah, <laughs> give me something that'll sell on eBay, bitch. What do you mean, Madam X? Oh, <laughs> uh, well, that's our show. <laughs> okay, that was fun. Yeah, thank you for being here. <laughs> thank you for having and me. I thank you again you. to Adam Scott. We'll see you next week. Keep It is a product of Crooked Media. Caroline Reston is our producer. Our editor is Sarah Barrett, and Kyle Seglin is our sound engineer. Thanks to our digital team, Elijah Cohn and Nadine Melconian, for filming and editing our video content every week. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. Hi, it's Martha Stewart. You know, I spend a lot of time thinking about dirt. At 3 a.m.? At all hours of the day, really. What people don't know is that not all dirt is the same. You need dirt with the right kind of nutrients. New miracle Grow organic raised bed and garden soil is so dense, so full of nutrient-rich, high-quality ingredients. miracle Grow is simply the best. 